Hello and welcome to another edition of Trawler Talk, the podcast of Passage Maker Magazine, the long-range cruising authority. I'm your host, Jeff Moser. This episode of Trawler Talk is sponsored by Intellion, your choice for satellite communication and satellite TV. Enjoy primetime TV on board this summer with an Intellion satellite TV marine antenna. Available from authorized resellers throughout the United States and Canada, there's never been a better time to buy thanks to Intellion's mail-in rebate up to $500 off on select TV antennas. Talk to your local authorized reseller to find out more today. Now it's time for our podcast. Today on Trawler Talk, we're going to cover a topic that I get asked about by a growing number of boaters, both seasoned and those new to the cruising lifestyle, and that is, how do I stay connected while cruising? While this may seem in stark contrast to why many of us go boating in the first place, I know I secretly relish when my phone drops out and I lose its bars and landmasses disappear from view. The need to stay connected, whether for entertainment or work purposes, is legitimate and growing. And heck, after tucking to a mooring in the Abacos, it would be pretty neat to stream the latest episode of Bosch or Better Call Saul. Our guest this week is Paul Commons, Intellian Senior Director of Channel Sales for the America. Paul, how are you doing today? Great, thank you, and it's uh, great to be here. Paul's been in the industry for over 40 years. He's worked in sales and support side for key marine electronic bands, including Teleflex, Simrad, Navicode, and now Intellian really with the goal of creating safety, communication, and navigation products for the recreational boater. Over the last few years, he's really focused on connectivity. Paul, can you start, start to tell me about that? What do you say to people when they ask you, how do they stay connected while they're boating? And I guess, specifically, they want to have internet access while they cruise. Is that right? That's right. I think it's one of the most asked questions of us today is, how do I get Wi-Fi on board? And people mean by Wi-Fi is how do I get internet on board? And so I always say, well, there's a couple of ways. I mean, the first way you can have a really long ethernet cable. That sort of satisfies the requirement. Maybe if you're at the marina or in the dock at the end of the pontoon or at the back yard of your house in Florida. But really the ethernet cable is limited unless you have a really long one. The next step is of course, How do we get Wi-Fi on board from, say, a land-based Wi-Fi setup? So you may have a solution where somebody is connecting via Wi-Fi to the marina or via Wi-Fi to their own personal hotspot in the house. That works fine. It gives you fairly good connection. But there's limitations, limitations on the number of users using that Wi-Fi, but also limitations on the range and the amount of throughput. You'll often find if you go into a marina and in the early evening when everyone's arriving, connecting, and suddenly the Wi-Fi that was available is now shared amongst a hundred other users and suddenly is not very effective. Yeah, that doesn't sound like fun, does it? No, and so really what you want to have is a service that's dedicated to you. And so there is the capability then of using some form of cellular or LTE sort of 5G connectivity, where you may use a, an antenna, a, a hotspot for an LTE system, and that will give you greater connectivity that's dedicated to you in areas where there is a cell phone antenna on the land that you're able to see. Those services are line of sight, so you're talking about 20 miles range roughly, depending a little bit where you are. Up here in the Pacific Northwest, it's great because there's quite a lot of coverage. But when you get around some of the islands in the Puget Sound and you start moving up into Canadian waters, 
then it gets more difficult to stay connected using an LTE service. So moving from that is that uh, the next level of connectivity, as we've sort of moved in sort of stages of getting further offshore, further away from our land-based communication, mm -hmm. is that we have to go to a satellite-based communication. And that provides a global service or near global service in most cases to provide us differing levels of connectivity when we get offshore. And those connectivity speeds are based upon the, the service used and the antenna size. Obviously, the larger the antenna, the bigger yacht or vessel it needs, but also the greater throughput, meaning the higher the bandwidth, the faster the data connection. Yeah. And so it's all down to how big the antenna is, how much throughput or how much data do I need, and also where you're going. So it really is uh, depending on where you're cruising as to the type of connection that we can get mm -hmm. based on either a land-based or satellite-based service. Got it. Hey, Paul, that's a lot to unpack. Um, so let's start with this. Okay, so we got these line of sight services that, you know, maybe 20 miles offshore, you're still can, you can still, you know, access data and maybe stream a little bit. But if you're going to do some other types of cruising where you're offshore or you're around these places where there's not enough cell towers, um, your options look like, like you said, they go to satellite-based services. So let's start with talking about what it takes to get this, the hardware and the software. Yeah, it's quite exciting at the moment because of the number of options available. But with all forms of satellite communication, there is an onboard terminal or an onboard device connecting through an antenna of a differing size, depending on the type of connection. And that antenna sends a signal up to a satellite that's either fixed, a geostationary satellite, or now we're seeing more and more what we call low Earth orbit and mid Earth orbit moving satellites. We've all seen the news and seen the images of various providers launching satellites at an alarming rate. And those are providing a network of low Earth orbit satellites that provide these newer levels of connection. Mm -hmm. But all satellite services require you to have a, an antenna that is in some way pointing at the satellite on board the yacht. And then it connects, as I say, via a satellite and then back to a ground earth station and into the internet. So when you type in your email or type in your request for a web page, that signal is transmitted up into space and back down to the ground. And the email is then sent or received. And the information is then sent back through satellite to you on board. So it provides a great level of connection wherever you are, but with satellite services, your speed can be somewhat limited, your data speed or your data connection. Mm, those limitations are due to what exactly? It's a little bit of uh, the cost of the device and the cost of the data, uh -huh. and also the size of the antenna. So some of the smaller antennas have data speeds like the Fleet Broadband Service, 
have data speeds starting at 150 kilobits per second. Now, that is like old ISDN speeds. It's not anywhere what one might consider a broadband connection. But if you're offshore and you just need to send and receive emails, maybe send and receive some text messages or connect via telephone or download the manual to fix the generator, that might take 10 minutes, but you're having this level of connectivity, but it's not what one might consider to be a service to be browsing or streaming. Yeah. But it does give you that level of connection to you know, text family and friends and say, we're running late, we missed the tide, or we like it here so much, we're staying another day. So for providing that sort of informational communication connection, these smaller antennas using the fleet broadband service do give a good connection for you and provide you with that level of safety and security that you could always be in touch wherever you are. I mean, that sounds like a really great option for, say, coastal cruisers, uh, weekend warriors, people that might take some bit of longer trips. But for offshore cruising and for maybe some different levels of bandwidth, um, what kind of options do people have? So moving up into antenna size, we get to then utilize the fixed or the geostationary satellites that provide higher bandwidth or higher throughput. And we get into the stage where we're providing connections that are of an unlimited data uh, package. That means that you can use the internet as you might do at home or in the office. You can send and receive emails. You can update social media. You can use all the services that you might do at home. You can stream. But when I say stream, it might only be one device that could stream on the boat. You couldn't have everybody on board trying to stream something <laughs> yeah. differently. So you got to keep an eye on the kids below decks. They're watching the show and streaming and you want to watch that. We got to have a negotiation there at some point, right? Exactly. <laughs> and it's very important to consider that when we're putting some satellite communication on board, that we choose an antenna system and a service provider that provides service using an unlimited data package. Because if you are paying per megabyte, but there are some services that provide you that level of connection. But when you pay for the usage and you're using uh, you know, charge or being charged $1 per megabyte, you know, if you watch and stream a movie or a film, that could be 500 megabytes or more. Oh, and so, you know, to watch a movie, it might cost you $500. And that would be a very expensive um, option <laughs> compared you to uh, going ashore and taking a taxi or even a helicopter to the movie theater. Yeah, so that's where you have to be careful. Um, so I guess that's in your, you know, your subscription package and, you know, depending on what you need. But with the growing number of boaters, you know, that coming to this lifestyle and, you know, still in the workforce, you know, we need to be on Zoom calls and Microsoft team calls. So what do they choose so they can have the levels of bandwidth that work for them and they're not, you know, literally costing them, you know, $1,000 for a two-hour Zoom meeting with their colleagues? Yeah, that is a, a situation, as you described, more and more people want to work on board and stay connected and run their businesses and operate efficiently while at Anchorage or at sea. 
And so using a unlimited data plan is key. And having the data speed, so in the numbers, we need to have a one megabit per second connection speed minimum to do like a Teams meeting or a Zoom call. And as you describe, it could cost a thousand dollars an hour if you were paying by the megabyte. But for unlimited plans, that's perfectly normal and would require an antenna of either a sort of 45 centimeter or 60 centimeter size of antenna, so a 24 inch size reflector mm-hmm. to get that level of throughput and connectivity. And the interesting thing is now that with our data plans that are offered, people can turn them on and off. They can be either in some services or a monthly service. So you switch it on for the three or four months of the summer cruising season and then turn it off. Okay. Some plans now are even getting as granular as day-by-day services. So you can turn it on for 23 days of the summer vacation and turn it off again afterwards. So it's getting very much more flexible in the plan options for yacht and leisure recreational users. I like the sound of that, Paul. Now it's very flexible. And so when we're looking for the plan to use, we should always try and find one that offers flexibility and plans that aren't charging us by the megabyte. Give the people what they want, right, Paul? Exactly. It just makes it easier. And you don't want to be paying for a service you know, in the dark months of winter mm-hmm. when uh, you're not using the, the yacht. So very important to select some plan mm-hmm. that allows you the flexibility to turn off and on your service. Again, this episode is sponsored by Intellion. Enjoy primetime TV on board this summer with an Intellion satellite TV antenna. Talk to your local authorized reseller to find out more today. Paul, I'm going to go back to what we talked about a little bit earlier with the, with some of the satellites. So are they specifically geared toward cruising grounds that are popular where these people can access these lower Earth satellites? So eventually these providers, and there's, there's a few, obviously we've all heard and seen Starlink. It's probably the most uh, visible and brand, you know, popular brand or known about brand in that uh, sort of low Earth orbit satellite space. But there are another a number of other providers that are launching satellites and have services running and available today. These satellites, though, are on a, a polar orbit, and so it means that they go from the north to the south or south to north pole, and that means the coverage areas are filling in in the north and south polar regions before they fill in around the equator. So we are seeing more and more availability in northern cruising grounds compared to equatorial cruising grounds. But their plan is to have a global coverage and global connection. So today on the fixed geostationary satellites, the sort of regular satellites that have been up there for a long time, they cover pretty well globally uh, in all areas that you'd likely see a ship, a plane, or a yacht cruise. But with the new low Earth orbit satellites, they're going to be truly global and provide coverage basically wherever you are in the world. There will be some form of satellite flying overhead every few minutes, providing you that level of connectivity that will, A, increase the data speeds available and also 
reduce the overall cost per megabyte or cost per use. Sounds great. Um, what kind of things would a user have to look out for, issues, concerns with their current service if they were to sign up for one of these uh, satellite services? Is it affected by weather? Is it affected by some other things besides location that they would have to look out for and just know going into the plan that these things could occur? Yeah, it's, uh, it's really interesting because satellite communication, whether you're using a satellite that's fixed, a moving satellite, or a satellite TV, or even satellite radio, the signals are beamed from space, and they're a microwave signal. They are blocked by obstructions. So first of all, we have to consider the mounting location of the antenna to ensure that it is in a location that's not going to be blocked by some other structure or minimize the blockage of other structures on board. We also have to consider where we're going to use it because if you're cruising up the intercoastal and each time you go under a bridge, the signal will get uh, dropped and have to reacquire. Likewise, if you're moored in an anchorage and the location of your mooring is up against the buildings and the buildings are south of you, and so they will obstruct you against the satellite. So it'll reduce or eliminate the signal. Also, if people are cruising up in Alaska, the, the elevation is very low. And so if you're at a mooring or an anchorage and a cruise ship comes in and drops anchor or ties up at the end of the dock, basically that's a giant metal wall that's going to obstruct the signal. So it's always very good to consider where the equipment is being installed and also to make sure that the, there's clear visibility to the satellite. All right, well, let's ballpark. Let's talk costs for both hardware and subscription. I'll give you an example. I've got a Grand Banks 42 Europa. I do some coastal cruising, but I do some offshore cruising, and I want to set up, let's say, a 24-inch receiver and uh, a subscription that's going to let me, say, you know, take a Zoom call and stream Netflix and maybe, you know, get some direct TV or one of the other services because, you know, I'm a Yankee fan. And I want to catch Yankee games when I'm, uh, when I'm on the hook. So let's just do a ballpark on cost for that. What, what are your thoughts? So to do some streaming and do email and host or be part of a Zoom call or an online call, then we're looking at a data speed of two meg by one meg, meaning two megabits per second down to the boat, one megabit per second up or thereabouts. And so for the airtime services, we're in the $800 per month price range. And we're looking at something in the order of twenty-five dollars to $30,000 to get the equipment fully installed. To Satisfy the viewing of your football though, one can install a satellite TV antenna system and those can be between three four thousand dollars. Okay, that's reasonable. That's reasonable and that's those are um, you know, those monthly costs I could turn on for twenty three days out of thirty or whenever I decide to cruise, yeah. that's correct. Yeah, so that's important. You can turn the system on and off. It's not a long term annual commitment. And the other thing with the satellite TV is that you can have a satellite TV receiver. If you've got satellite TV at home, you take your home receiver or 
add a receiver and instead of putting it in a family room, you take it on board. And so that for an extra seven or eight dollars per month, you can have satellite TV on board just like you have at home. So you can get full HD programming and a choice of a hundred or more channels. And that's sort of, if you've got service at home, it's an extra seven or eight dollars per month on top of your home service. If you are setting up from scratch, then you can get good number of channels and good satellite TV for about $50 to $60 per month. And again, a monthly service. So you could turn the system on for the three or four months of the summer and switch it off again in the winter when you're not using the yacht. So satellite TV is often the cheapest way to get broadcast sports because streaming sport and streaming some things news and information, there's a lot of limitations. So we always recommend people to install satellite TV alongside their satellite communication. Got it. The kids can watch Cartoon Network down below. You can have the news or education programming or for football on the main screen. And so that provides a very good solution. And you'll find a lot of uh, boats, whenever you see them with two antennas on, two satellite domes, one is for TV and one is for communication to satisfy that the requirement for full HD TV, whatever channel you want to watch, and then the communication from the other satellite. Yeah. Now do you say that, Paul? I do notice a lot of the boats have a couple of sat domes on top of their radar arch or, you know, the highest point on their boat. I'd let you into a little secret though there. Quite often, the second dome is empty. And it's often used to balance or make the symmetry on board look right. Uh, or sometimes people will hide an AIS or GPS or XM antenna inside the empty dome. But we provide a lot of empty domes to go with our satellite TV antennas just to make sure that the system looks nice and balanced on board. I like that idea that perfect symmetry is, is, is good as well. And the look of that boat uh, is really important to people, including myself. Exactly. So this technology is moving and it seems like it's moving fast. So what's coming up next? Like with all these satellites being launched or what should we expect in the next couple of years as far as um, technology improving some of these services? Well, it's a really exciting time at the moment in the satellite world. When I started with the satellite communication equipment very many years ago, we were lucky if you could get a one megabit per second service on the biggest of antennas. Nowadays, we're seeing that much higher speed and lower costs on the smaller antennas and the capability of providing you know, really fast connectivity. And as the number of satellites being launched into space increases, the number of service providers providing users connectivity, we're going to see the service prices sort of coming down slowly. It's not going to be a quick change because it's very expensive to launch satellites. So we will see some changes in the service provisioning. I'm sure the speeds are going to go up. The data price is going to reduce slowly. And the number of providers and the availability is going to increase dramatically over the next couple of years. We know that there are two or three providers of low-Earth orbit and mid-Earth orbit satellite constellations today. And there are a lot that are coming 
with uh, some very major names that uh, aren't in the satellite industry today that are will be providing services in the next few years. So we will see the throughput increase. We will see the availability increase. And so I think it will be just a very positive um, change for cruising yachts that where we can actually find much better levels of connectivity. We'll see a lot more flat panel antennas coming as well providing the throughput we need, but we still have a maritime environment to contend with. We still have the fact that the boats move, rock, roll, pitch, yaw has to be taken into account. So initially, connecting antennas in your RV or in a cottage in the middle of the desert somewhere, that's going to happen first, but it'll be a little bit longer before we see flat panels working efficiently on board uh, moving platforms at sea. So it'll be a little bit longer before we see that. So the parabolic, the, con the domes that we're used to seeing on board will still be around for quite a long time to come. Got it. Still an exciting time to be uh, a boater and to be in the satellite business. Thank you for your time today, Paul. We really appreciate it. No, you're welcome. Thank you. I think it is uh, truly an exciting time and there's going to be a lot of uh, change and a lot of uh, connectivity for our audience to be able to stay connected and informed when at sea. Well said, Paul. Thanks again for your time today. You're very welcome. Thank you. This episode of Trawler Talk is sponsored by Intellion, your choice for satellite communication and satellite TV. Enjoy primetime TV on board this summer with an Intellion satellite TV marine antenna. Available from authorized resellers throughout the United States and Canada, there's never been a better time to buy thanks to Intellion's mail-in rebate with up to $500 off on select TV antennas. Talk to your local authorized reseller to find out more today. Thank you for listening to Trawler Talk, the podcast of Passage Maker Magazine, the long-range cruising authority. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and go ahead and click that five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. And if you're not a subscriber to Passage Maker, it's easier than ever to get our magazine delivered to wherever you lay your head. Just go to passagemaker.com slash subscribe. For Passage Maker Magazine, this is Editor-in-Chief Jeff Moser. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, fair winds and safe travels. <laughs> <laughs>